from India's largest newsroom I'm Arun George and this is the Times of India podcast सरकार ने यह उचित निर्णय लिया हुआ है ओबीसी समाज को कोई भी बाधा नहीं पहुंचाते हुए अन्य समाज के ऊपर अन्याय नहीं करते हुए यह मराठा रिजर्वेशन देने का निर्णय बहुत बड़ा निर्णय सरकार ने लिया है On Tuesday the 20th of February the Maharashtra Assembly passed a bill granting 10% reservations to members of the Maratha community in government jobs and educational institutes only those from the creamy layer that is they have a household income above a certain level are excluded the law changes the reservations in the state from 52% to 62% the law is likely to be challenged on multiple grounds in the state's high court as well as the country's supreme court Maratha groups that agitated for the quota have objected to the creation of a separate quota and continue to demand that the community be included in the other backward caste or OBC category. However, OBC leaders have cheered the state government's decision. Many in the opposition have dubbed the bill a political gimmick and questioned whether it would even pass legal scrutiny. To analyze whether the law can withstand legal scrutiny, my colleague Bhavika Jain in Mumbai spoke with Shri Haryani. Shri Haryani is the former Advocate General of Maharashtra. In today's episode, he explains the legal challenges that the new bill is likely to face and what the new bill fails to address. The Maharashtra government has passed two similar bills on occasions in the past, only to see them struck down by courts. Bhavika started by asking Shri Haryani whether he thinks this version of a bill will clear all legal hurdles. this is the third attempt in a decade that the maharashtra legislature has uh, introduced a bill or in fact cleared a bill to give quota to the maratha community the previous two attempts didn't stand the scrutiny uh, of the courts how do you think uh, this attempt is going to ensure that it survives the legal challenges that's not an easy question to answer because start with i expect there will be legal challenges it's almost a foregone conclusion uh, although unlike last time where both the maratha and the obc people were aggrieved this time perhaps the area of grievance is limited uh, to other communities other than maratha and obcs so the nature of the challenge is likely to undergo a slight change will it stand the scrutiny of court Bhavika I'm not in the business of forecasting future so I don't know I don't think it is going to be very easy for this act to pass muster it's going to run into rough waters so it's going to have a lot of problems when it comes into a court the way I see it so you spoke about the fact that this may not be in your opinion may not be that easy to pass the muster can you elaborate on the challenges that the new law sort of brings with it one of the challenges that i foresee is a challenge to legislative competence and what that really means is that was our state legislature competent to pass this act would this enactment be something within the scope of the power of the maharashtra state legislature another area of challenge is the challenge of exceeding the 50% ceiling that has been imposed by various judgments of the supreme court now that's a challenge very similar to the challenge that was raised last time 
Shri Ani says the biggest challenge to previous attempts to pass bills granting the Marathas a quota came on the basis of statistical data. He says that may not be a major factor this time, but he points out it's also a problem that there's no clarity on what data has been used to decide on creating the quota. And the third challenge is do Marathas as a class really deserve of reservation? I don't mean in the emotional terms, I mean in the real terms. Are they underrepresented in administration don't they get enough access to education these are things which previously were faulted out on the basis that the statistical data gathering was imperfectly done and did not meet what was required before it could be acted upon now that perhaps might have gone down a great deal in this particular exercise because after the supreme court took this on in its uh, hearings they made the government of maharashtra go back to the drawing board not once but twice to make sure they got the process of identifying the worth of marathas for the reservation correct and you know the recent surveys that were taken the compilation of statistics that has happened all that could perhaps have sorted that part of the problem i can't say it in, with any authority that it has or even that it has not because i haven't seen the statistics almost none of us have seen the statistics our legislators who ought to have asked to see the statistics don't appear to be particularly impressed with wanting to know what the statistics say the whole act was passed in one sitting which uh, considering that the courts take several weeks the several days actually if not weeks to decide something like this the legislators think that it's more a case of an easy walk in the park and it can be done off the cuff so the statistics somebody will need to go into the statistics two things that the supreme court had basically uh, highlighted while it scrapped the 2018 uh, quota bill it said that firstly yes that the breach of 50% cap on quota and secondly that the commission at that time did not show exceptional uh, circumstances for a need for that 50% quota to be uh, breached so how does this times or how does this commission's report or how does this bill ensure that those two observations by the supreme court have been addressed actually that's not how the law is made the law doesn't have to really address something that has been put before it by the courts they don't address the 50% let me tell you right off they just say that we are now going to reserve so many percent for marathas but what they are really trying to say is that 50% has been exceeded in several states and why should maharashtra also not exceed it well the short answer to that is 50% has been exceeded true but there have been challenges to that and those challenges are pending in the supreme court now this is something that we in our uh, moment of celebration don't seem to realize that yes you've got an act but if the act goes and lumps itself along with other other acts similarly done in the supreme court and waits for hearing for another 5 years what's the use of having such an act the maharashtra state backward class commission conducted a survey which remarkably examined 1.6 
crore families across the state in just 9 days controversially a majority of the commission's members quit before the survey report came out the survey said that marathas were 28% of the total population and 21% of maratha families were below the poverty line it said that a large section of the community had suffered abject poverty for a decade since its main source of income which was agriculture was in distress Shiriani says it's not the job of the commission that looked into the backwardness of the Maratha community to prove that the community deserves reservations. He says it's for data to prove that an exceptional circumstance exists in the Marathas due to which the community needs to be provided a quota. But he explains that there's one problem even with proving the exceptional circumstances. The commission's job is not to necessarily show exceptional circumstances. It's to gather data. once it gathers data the question is does the data indicate or point to certain circumstances which could be called exceptional now one of the criticisms and i don't agree with this but one of the criticisms that has been made is that exceptional circumstances as explained by the supreme court in one of the earlier judgments means geographic circumstances for instance if you take a state like nagaland where the majority of the population happens to be tribal can you then just get away by making a small 4% reservation in favor of tribals no obviously not i mean the whole state has 80 90% of its population which is tribal you could have different types of circumstances which show that yes this relief has to be given what the data gathering investigating agency does is points out to the level of education that exists in the maratha community to the level of affluence which exists there to the kind of jobs that they are doing and thereby tries to indicate that they are deserving of reservation and that that that's a genuine way to look at it but would that constitute exceptional circumstances well what if something shows for example that marathas don't even have 1% of the jobs in government would you or would you not call that an exceptional circumstance you could but what would constitute an exceptional circumstance is not defined and is not to be found in any particular judgment so yes there is going to be a debate on this aspect as well one of the major objections against the new quota could be that the maharashtra assembly doesn't have the power to pass such a bill as shri haryane said such objections would question the legislative competence Bhavika asked him to explain this aspect given it could result in the undoing of the bill. Shri Hari Ane started by pointing out that under this bill Marathas are now a separate category altogether which is problematic under the constitution. Legislative competence really means that does the legislature have the power to make such a law? Remember this is a law relating to reservation. And if it is a law relating to reservation then the central legislature ought to be considering it can a state legislature consider it that's one aspect of the problem assume that the state legislature can consider it is it really a law about reservation or a law about marathas the central aspect of this law is there's a whole section i think section 4 it says that there will be a class known as socially culturally educationally backward class and marathas will belong to that class words to that effect which means that they created a class that did not exist earlier it's quite a different class from obc 
the OBC class had been created some time back and that is other backward classes as the name itself suggests everything which is not scheduled caste and scheduled tribe but which is backward are other backward classes. Now the Marathas go out of that being socially, culturally and educationally backward. How does our constitution face a fourth category called socially, culturally, educationally backward Marathas? It's not a category which exists independent of the third category already specified in the constitution. And if you want such a fourth category to exist, it has to be by amending the constitution and introducing this in the first place. Now, this, this has not been done. According to me, there is no legislative competence in the state legislature to amend by a state law the constitution of India, which is exactly the effect of the Maratha law. It seeks to amend something that the constitution of India does not appear to permit. Sri Haryani explains that another major issue with the Maratha bill as it stands is that other groups can claim it discriminates against them which is also very problematic for a law. The other very serious flaw that comes up when you consider legislative competence is that it discriminates the state legislature or for that matter the parliament can't pass laws which are discriminating. If a law discriminates, the courts strike it down. So the law must not discriminate. It's one of the essential threshold requirements of entering into lawmaking by the legislature or the parliament. How does this law discriminate? It discriminates between classes. It discriminates between the OBCs and the Marathas. In my mind, they truly form the same class and no amount of statistics changes it. So if everybody is culturally backward or socially backward or educationally backward, then how are you distinguishing between them? You have created an artificial divide which is discriminating between equals. And this would be violative of Article 14. So this is another kind of challenge that arises. Shrihari Ani points out that other caste groups that don't have reservations presently can argue that the creation of the 10% quota for Marathas discriminates against them. The challenge that is least discussed, which deserves to be discussed is why are you forgetting 50% of the population? The whole country is full of people like us. You've carved out areas correctly for scheduled caste and scheduled tribe and OBCs. No quarrel. But the rest of us are the rest of us. And we have access to the same jobs and the same education. Not all of us are wealthy. Not all of us come from families which are highly educated. Not all of us exist in circumstances where we don't need protection also. In such a case, when you carve out from my area, Another 10% and give it to somebody. I am being discriminated against. It's the open category and by open I don't mean the Brahmins. I don't mean the high caste, high born castes in India. I mean all the rest of us. And sometimes in a place like Kerala that involves all Christians. And sometimes in a place like parts of UP that would involve all Muslims. And if you go further into Bengal, it would involve the Gurkhas. They are the major people of the country. It is from their 100% share that you've hived off the percentages that are to be given to others. 
and now you go and do more of that this discriminates We're back in conversation with former Maharashtra advocate General Shri Haryani about the Maratha quota passed by the Maharashtra Assembly. Despite the new quota being created, Maratha protesters who were demanding a quota have said they could restart their protest. Their demand remains that the community be included in the OBC category. In this part of the episode, Bhavika talks with Shri Haryani about whether the Maratha demand to be included in the OBC category makes more sense. Shiriyani talks about the problem of creating a new method of categorization that doesn't exist in the constitution. He also talks about how it affects politics in the state and whether a caste census would help. The community also uh, thinks that the 10% quota may not stand the legal scrutiny and therefore it continues to demand uh, kunbi status using the OBC quota. Now, firstly, I want to understand from you whether it's a valid demand, like in terms of legal scrutiny, and secondly, why do you think, despite carving out a separate uh, individual quota for a community, the community still demands OBC status? We are entering from law into politics here. I don't mind. I I'll put in my two bit worth about what it is supposed to mean. I personally think that the more correct demand. is the demand that they should be included in obc and not be kept into a different class this demand is obviously not liked by the obc people at all because the moment you let them into the obc class the share of the pie goes down if obcs are going to get an x amount of uh, jobs or seats in education or whatever with the marathas let into the same class it becomes x minus 1 or x minus whatever maratha class represents so the obcs will be correspondingly deprived of that share which the marathas will be taking up but this in my mind is an unfortunate thing where all that you have available is a certain type of reservation under the constitution and people must fit into it you have scheduled caste which is a reservation scheduled tribe which is a reservation and you have something that is known as socially culturally educationally backward class of people but this is not a reservation it's a description of a category that besides the scheduled caste and scheduled tribe our nation has socially culturally and educationally backward class of people who need to be protected as well now the method of protection that we have over the years devised is through reservation now what governments did was called them the obcs now this happened post mandal commission and with that lot of things changed including the politics of the country the obcs suddenly found themselves to be a formidable class across the nation they found that they could wield political power or at least influence political power now that obc class had to be given reservation and they did give it reservation but that's where the supreme court's judgment comes in it says don't exceed 50% why because you already have scheduled caste you already have scheduled tribe and true it is that socially culturally backward people must be given more reservation but don't give it so much that it exceeds 50% 
once that was said the obcs had to be restricted to whatever was left after scheduled castes and scheduled tribes were carved out now in that obc category if you don't put in the marathas and you put them outside it it begs the question what are marathas are they not socially culturally and educationally backward in which case why aren't they in the obc category why are you carving out a separate category and here comes the political answer we are carving out a separate category because we don't want a headache with the obcs the moment we put them in the obcs we will have a major unrest on our hands not only in maharashtra but all over the place and we don't want to do that i mean the whole uh, basis of the maratha bill is that it is socially economically backward class right so if you consider that as now the new criterion that has been added to deciding backward classes wouldn't then it open more floodgates for more castes to demand uh, similar reservations for example the muslim quota like why shouldn't then muslims get a separate quota because if you prove socially and economically backward classes in that community then their demand for a 4% quota is should be also valid right absolutely and, and this is of course one of the main issues that is likely to come up the moment this kind of an order is uh, sought to be justified let me give you a parallel example of 1951 or thereabouts it's as old as that in the state of madras a law was passed called reservation for brahmins because it was sincerely believed that brahmins don't get enough and that law was tested in the supreme court in a case that is known as champakam dorai rajan case and in that particular case the supreme court says you can't give reservation to brahmins it's not a category which fits into the requirements of reservation now the same question is going to arise when muslims for instance demanded although the objection will not be on the same count as was against the brahmins it would be on the count of giving reservation lock stock and barrel on the count of religion now that could be a problem economics which ought to be a base has never been considered as a base but nobody addresses the main question on hand because it's too difficult a question to answer difficult not because it's difficult to find answers difficult because the answers will cause problems therefore let's not answer it uh so one very interesting statistics that the chief minister mentioned yesterday that there are 22 states that have breached the 50% quota with bihar being the highest which with 69% quota now my question to you i mean you've answered it partly then what happens to the uh, everyone else in bihar despite the fact that our present government seems to be inclined to have what it considers is a better form of government in a unitary structure we are a federation each state is in that sense distinct and separate but what is done with the laws in bihar can also be done and, and it's not only bihar andhra has exceeded it rajasthan has exceeded it i believe gujarat has exceeded it uh, almost every state has exceeded the 50% limit what this calls for is for the parliament to sit down and think seriously about what should be the proper percentage remember 50% was not created by any law passed by parliament it was created by a judgment of the supreme court and if you don't like 50% all you need to do is to sit down and make a proper law parliament will have to do it not state legislatures 
when you say what happens to the rest of us the rest of us have a shrunken space to stand on our 50% becomes 40% becomes 30% becomes 20% and comes a time where you will be told sorry you people seem to be better off than everybody else so you get nothing is caste senses uh, one of the tool uh, which will help us decide uh, who should get how much it is necessary to have a caste senses we have not had a census much less a caste census in at least the last 10 years a census was due in 2021 we've jumped that we are now in 2024 there's no census in sight i'm talking about national census we are avoiding census and i say this with a sense of great sorrow we are avoiding census because we are scared of some of the other things that the census will reveal a caste census would be a limited census but when you have a general census a lot of data a lot of facts will come out which will make the dispensation the present dispensation very very uncomfortable the best way is not to have a census so nobody knows the facts or nobody can claim to know the facts based on statistical data so let us not at all have census and we are safe in not having a census because of this when you avoid the census you also avoid the caste census census will throw up many problems but one of the problems it is bound to throw up is caste and that's such a headache to have that problem thrown up that let's not have that also so the best thing is let's not have any census you see fiction is always better than facts so if you don't want facts and you'd rather live in your dream world this is the best time there's no better time than this Today's episode was produced by Jairaj Singh and Sahil Gupta. For a daily spotlight on people, ideas and stories that matter, subscribe to us. We're available on TOI Plus, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts and all other platforms of your choice. For any news tips, email us at toipodcast@timesinternet.in.